Hello, Nayhead, and welcome to the Association's podcast, The Outer Diameter, where we'll take a look all around the hose distribution industry in a series of brief yet insightful programs. In this episode, we're going to listen in on a conversation between Nayhead's Vice President of Education, Joanna Truitt, and a powerhouse team from Parker Hannafin's Tube Fittings Division. Joanna chats with Principal Engineer Ted Aimling, Applications Engineer Nathan Green, and Product Sales Manager Anna Pavlou about the 10 things not to do when your hydraulic fitting leaks. Let's go to the conversation and hear the Parker team's common sense approach to dealing with these types of leaks. Nate, what prompted the team to first share this information in a blog post a few years ago? Thanks, Joanna, and thanks for having us today. You know, as engineers and designers of hydraulic fittings and systems, we often think of sharing technical information for the customers, whether that's assembly instructions, design considerations, et cetera. Our, our team, you know, have, we've been sharing this type of information for many years through our technical blogs. However, you know, we also get or questions from customers or we see things out in the field as a system is being, you know, in for troubleshooting quite frequently and felt that this type of information is a little bit different, but very relevant and important. Well, that makes perfect sense. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into the 10 things not to do. Anna, would you get us started? Absolutely. Thanks, Joanna. So while we have 10 things not to do today, one overarching topic that we're going to start with that covers a couple points here is safety. So safety is one of the most, most important things to think about when you're working on a leak or a hydraulic system in, in general. And to that end, one of the first things that we mentioned here is do not use your hands to check for leaks. It may like seem like common sense for some people that have been around, but for some people that haven't, you might see something that doesn't look like a high pressure leak and you might want to use your hand to find it because your hand is your most important tool. It's something that you use every day, but it is also something that you have to keep safe. So even in what you might consider low pressure systems, or if you relieve some pressure in a system and you're seeing a leak, even something as low as hundred PSI can cause an injection injury. An injection injury can be very serious. It is something uh, that can cause injury to your body. It can also cause death in very severe cases. So it's not something that you want to take lightly. You really don't want to stick your hands into a system that has a leak, regardless of where you think it may be. Uh, not just considering injection injuries, but temperature may also be a consideration. Ted, could you touch on that? Sure, Anna. Yeah, good points. Definitely don't want to put your hands into potential dangerous situation. Even gloved hands, injection uh, injuries can happen right through gloves. So you want to be careful about that. And certainly hydraulic systems can operate at quite high temperatures. Some systems can reach temperatures up to 250 degrees Fahrenheit, which will certainly burn you, probably give you third degree burns. So definitely be careful around hydraulics, uh, any kind of hydraulic system, especially with your hands. So Anna, how long do you have after you, if you suspect you have an injection injury to get it looked at? I would say as soon as possible, hours rather than days. It's not something that you want to put a Band-Aid on, go to bed, wake up in the morning, and maybe go see a doctor if you don't feel well then. If it's something that you suspect is an injection injury, you really want to have it taken a look at immediately. So again, hours is really important there. 
if you're going to be working on something or if there's a possibility of having an injection injury, it's always best to have a plan ahead of time. So know who to contact, uh, where you need to go if you need an emergency care and be prepared. So if you're not going to use your hand and you need to use something else to find a leak because you can't see it visually, one thing you could use is something like a piece of cardboard and you could run it along the lines in the system to see if you find any mist or any oil collecting on that cardboard as you're doing that. So to that, if you do find an area where you're getting oil dripping or oil misting, sometimes that may not be exactly where the leak is coming from. The source could be somewhere else. Yeah, Anna. Um, so great points. And I think using that cardboard trick is, is really helpful. You can also use it when you're trying to really figure out if the leak is in a certain area. Drips uh, from hydraulic systems tend to collect uh, due to gravity at the lowest point of the system. Um, if it's a slower leak, you, you could use that crap, that uh, piece of cardboard uh, to really just sit underneath where you suspect the leak is coming from and uh, see if you have an active, actually an active leak. The hydraulic fluid will collect and drip down um, onto that cardboard. That'll at least allow you to pinpoint the area, potentially the tube lines and or the hoses, uh, maybe a, a leak uh, in a port connection in a pump or a motor. So all those points could be sources of a leak, but it's not necessarily just from the fitting. And you may have to actually trace the line once you've detected the area, figured out kind of the local area. Uh, you may have to uh, trace those lines to see where the leak's really coming from. Good point. And certainly before you start working on anything, you want to make sure that you find that point. So when you do start to decide to replace something or repair something, because you found where the leak is, or at least where you suspect the leak is, you want to make sure that you have the system pressure depressurized, that you relieve the system pressure. Yeah. So often, you know, people will think that shutting the system off or even, you know, going to the extra step of completing a lockout tagout procedure, that those things alone will ensure that the system is safe to work on. However, you know, with hydraulics, there could be components or ancillary systems that will hold the pressure even when the system is off, or they have components that can create back pressure. So the complete system, all the components, other systems need to be relieved of this pressure before any work is done on any hydraulic system or component. Nate, what if you find that the source of a leak is under an arm or that you have to raise an implement to be able to repair the leak? Yeah, in, in those instances, you can definitely raise, you know, raise the arm to, to where it needs to be to be able to work on it properly. But then you should be utilizing mechanical stops or locks to ensure that the system is safe to be able to work on. Thank you. That's a good point. So one more thing to think about when you're working on a, a leak from a safety standpoint, it, besides the equipment that you're working on is the environment that you're working in. So even if you're ready to go, you need to make sure that everything else around you is safe as well. One of the biggest things there is to make sure that you have no open flames. Open flames are always a hazard really uh, for, for any work environment. Hydraulic fluids are flammable, so you want to be aware of that. Um, Certainly, if there is an active leak, you're going to have fluid pooling, uh, may po actually possibly misting. So that actually creates an even more dangerous situation. 
So any kind of open flames, as you mentioned, should be avoided. Smoking, of course, um, should always be avoided, uh, especially hydraulic equipment. In addition, if any of that, uh, those lines that you're working on uh, may also be carrying fuel, whether it be gaseous fuel or liquid fuel, that's something certainly that uh, needs to be taken into account. Any kind of cutting equipment also, uh, something that can throw sparks. If you're cutting metal, you'll certainly have sparks uh, with that. So you want to make sure any cutting equipment is well away when you're doing doing repairs, either not used or, or far enough away that, that that won't cause an issue. And then if you're doing any welding or grazing, hot work permits should be um, certainly honored and, and make sure that active leaks and that type of thing are cleaned up or not, uh, not in the vicinity of any welding raising that's going on. Absolutely important. These are great starting points for things not to do when you find a leak from a safety standpoint, but certainly this isn't all encompassing. You may have other considerations that you need to take into thought before you start working on any sort of repairs. So again, great points, but don't take this as uh, the end all be all for safety. So Moving on, once you've found the leak, you have a safe place to work on it, you are absolutely ready to go, and you found the source. One thing that many people do when they find the source of a leak, they believe that it's because something isn't tight enough. So a lot of times they will take it and tighten it even more. So over-tightening is something you do not want to do. Yeah, and our it's almost our inherent nature is just to put more torque into it, right? To make sure that it is assembled properly. You know, if the fitting may be loose, and so that may be kind of what people think of to do first, but if there are seals in the system, they, they could have been damaged or they could be contaminants in the system that you could further damage your connection. So, you know, if that is the case, even if you just go ahead and reassemble the connection, you may still have the leak because you didn't actually fix anything. In addition to that, you know, fitting integrity could also be damaged. You know, if you have pipe threads or tapered threads, that could, you know, over tightening could cause cracks in a system, and whether that's a manifold, a pump, a motor, a housing of some sort, you know, you could also damage ceiling surfaces due to contaminants being present. And then smaller connections are uh, very susceptible to damage from over torque or over assembly. So we always recommend, you know, utilizing the proper assembly method. This could be torque or it could be other methods, whether that's flats from wrench resistance or just a number of turns for whatever the fitting style may be. So we always recommend consult the manufacturer's resources, you know, catalogs, online documents for the proper assembly methods and values. I've had an instance where I had a metal to metal connection and someone, speaking of that smaller connection, someone had taken a wrench to it to just keep tightening it down and tightening it down, thinking that that would solve a leak. But when they went to pressurize the system and they tried to use the line that that connection was on, they weren't getting pressure through it because they had tightened it so much that they'd actually created an orifice and it no longer worked properly. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, I've seen a customer that had, was utilizing some pipe threads and they were having a leak. So they just tightened those pipe threads down. They still had a leak after they tightened it down and re re-energized the system but it turns out now that by over-torquing that, they cracked the valve body. So not only did they still have a leak, but now they've damaged a more expensive component that you know they had to replace the entire valve body. Yeah, that's not a place that you want to be when you're trying to repair something is creating more issues. So if tightening isn't the trick to fixing a leak, then replacing it may be the next logical step. 
So if you're trying to replace something quickly because uh, it's something that you didn't plan for or uh, you're looking for a replacement part and you can't find it, you may think that it may be obvious to just grab something off the shelf that looks similar or um, might work in what you're trying to do, but it's not a direct replacement. In those cases, you really should not use a different replacement part just for the sake of time or money. Yeah, and a lot of time and effort goes into designing a hydraulic system, actually, and uh, designers typically use a, a process called STAMP, uh, an acronym that stands for size, temperature, application, media and material, and pressure. That process essentially sizes the fittings correctly. It looks at the, the right materials that are required, obviously the temperatures as well, and the media that may be used. If it's you know hydraulic oil or a uh, fuel or other gaseous uh, type of um, media. The important thing though, is that the effort and time that went into to, to that, you don't want to just grab any old fitting off the shelf and, and, and think that it will work. Good chance is that it won't be the appropriate connection for starters, but it may actually be under designed, uh, not the right pressure connection. And you may have a, a worst case uh, scenario where, where that fitting is really not appropriate for the, for the application. So you want to avoid that, of course, and use a like for like connection. And uh, if it comes to the point where you feel like you have to replace the fitting. Along with the correct connection, if you have an O-ring that's in the area or on the fitting that you have a leak and you're replacing, you should not reuse that O-ring. Yeah. So in the same, as you mentioned, same vein, O-rings do age for starters. So if an O-ring has been in the system for a while, great opportunity to replace it. Your leak could be attributed to a damaged O-ring as well. There's certainly cases where O-rings get cut for various reasons, maybe during assembly and ports uh, that can happen. So we want to make sure that if the system is being taken down to the point where O-rings are visible or exposed, you suspect the leak may be a great opportunity to replace those O-rings. We, we always recommend O-rings be replaced upon service. Yeah, Ted, and as you are going to be breaking a system or if you think you are going to be doing maintenance, the best thing to do is to plan for those O-ring replacements, either by having extras on hand or having an O-ring kit that will be able to service any of the parts that is in your system. You know, nobody wants to be shut down or not being able to operate just because you don't have an O-ring for a system. Um, along with that, you know, you do need to be using the, the right size of O-ring and the right material for media compatibility. And if you're not sure, just consult your manufacturer or the distributor resources that are available to you. Definitely set yourself up for success when you're making a repair or replacement, whether that's the O-ring or the fitting itself. And when you're making the actual replacement, make sure that whatever open lines or connections you have are protected. Yeah, so you know when a system is, is disassembled, there's obviously plenty of opportunity for contaminants to enter the system. You know, if it if that does happen, you know, once the system is put back into operation, those contaminants can cause significant issues elsewhere in the system. Even, you know, whether that's clogging an orifice, blocking out a valve, but those are significant issues uh, in in the system. So, anytime you do break a connection, you do want to protect those connections, both the fitting side and the hose or tube side, and pr preferably you use a cap or a plug whether that's plastic or metallic, to protect that system. Of course. Yeah, protecting the system is important when you've taken it apart. 
but also it's important when you're ready to start hooking everything back up again after you've done your replacement. You don't wanna just take the, the old connection that you took apart and just place it back on this new fitting that you've spent all this time finding, getting the O-rings for and putting back into your system. So the sealing surfaces on both sides is really important and making sure that you have a clean sealing surface and making sure that you have clean threads to properly torque or uh, tighten is important. So make sure that when you are ready to put everything back together, that you clean the components, whether they're new or old. The Nate and Anna, great points. Uh, just, just want to remind everybody, I've definitely seen this happen. Avoid using rags to plug the system. Um, those can get sucked into the system if you leave them in place. And any plugs, in particular plastic plugs, uh, don't forget to take them out uh, before you put the system back together. I've absolutely seen that happen. And I can't figure out why the system's not working because somebody left the plastic plug in place. Doing the right thing, certainly keeping the dirt out, but definitely cause some, some head scratching when trying to figure out what's going on. Definitely. In some cases like that, slowing down a little bit is important because you're trying to get up and running, you're down and time is of the essence, but taking in all those things into consideration that you just spent all that time doing is, is important when you're getting to that final step of getting ready to, to start the system. So we're on to our last point here, which is a really great one to wrap up on. And it's more than anything, if you have a leak, do not ignore it. Yeah, ignoring uh, any kind of leak in a hydraulic system, a fuel system, you name it, can be both dangerous. It can be a financial issue. Uh, certainly, if your equipment were to break down further, it can lead to environmental contamination as well. So we're trying to avoid all of those things by not ignoring what's, what's going on, getting it repaired, getting those leaks fixed in a timely manner so that so you don't end up with further issues with, with your system, causing that environmental potential spill, which we all want to avoid, and then causing you more financial hardship uh, due to your equipment either being down and not being able to finish your job or potentially actually causing more damage to your equipment, uh, overheating or a system, other componentry uh, being damaged in the process. Yeah, Ted, you know, I think that public perception is that hydraulics are dirty. You know, we've all been to a customer where we've seen kitty litter on the floor or rags on a system or leak mats collecting hydraulic oil. You know, there's been a lot of time and care taken into creating leak-free systems or leak-free connections. And so hydraulics does not need to be a, a dirty uh, environment. And I think a lot of customers have also taken into account that hydraulic fluids can be very expensive. And so, you know, don't ignore any kind of hydraulic leak for safety, environmental, financial uh, implications. There's, a, there's another good point to be made here is before you even get to a leak, preventative maintenance is important. So whether that's safety checks, uh, system checks, doing visual checks before and after you run something, looking at it ahead of time and being prepared for if a leak happens or preventing a leak from happening in the first place is, is a great place, both safety-wise and uh, environmental, financial, just like Nate and Ted mentioned. You know, be sure about to uh, reach out to your hydraulics professionals. They can help you with any questions you might have. If you're not sure how to um, address a system leak, if you need replacement components, uh, really just need help diagnosing uh, what might be going on with your system. That's what we're here for, as well as your uh, distributor or the manufacturer of the components. Wonderful. Well, Nahad would like to thank the Parker team 
for sharing this practical advice, which is definitely a series of best practices um, that promote system checks, personal and environmental safety. And thank you, Joanna, for setting up this great conversation. Thanks for joining us as we look all around the hose industry on NAHAD's The Outer Diameter.